The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host, Jason. And today we're going to uh, talk about a topic that might be a little controversial. We're going to continue on with what we did last time. We talked about the vaccine and now we're going to talk about politics on this episode and uh, hopefully a little uh, uh, lighthearted with this topic. But uh, before we get into uh, our topic of the day, uh, I have a question for you. And this one is, what are one or two things from the pandemic that you want or hope remains that, that we don't go back to the old way of doing things whenever we return to the definition of normal, whatever that's supposed to mean these days? All right, I'll, I'll give you a silly one. I kind of like that I, I don't have to go to the grocery store and we could actually order groceries uh, in and feel like we're actually helping someone. Um, <laughs> and especially uh, my, my, my poor wife, you know, uh, having to run to the grocery store after work sometimes or whatever, it's better this way. I just kind of order it, let them, let them bring it. So that's kind of fun. Um, but the, the other one that I would say that I, I really hope uh, doesn't, changes. I love the fact that we can um, connect. We, we could have done it before, but we just kind of figured out that we should do it now. We can connect with people um, mm -hmm. with Zoom uh, that are you know, a regular part of our lives now that are distant, that are not, that don't mm -hmm. live nearby. You know, some guys from uh, out, out of town uh, and I connect uh, whether it's through some Bible studies or, or reading groups and things like there's just, we're able to connect and, and learn that we can connect in different ways uh, through this pandemic. I hope that doesn't change. Um, yeah. So what about you? What are a couple of ways or things yeah. you don't want to change? I noticed that a lot of inefficiencies have been addressed because of the fear. I, I went to the doctor uh, for an annual checkup number of months ago. And it was amazing how quickly you could get into the office, get into the doctors to see the doctor. It only lasted about four minutes, but, um, <laughs> but how quickly things were, where there were some times where I would sit in the waiting room for 30 to 45 minutes. And you're just wondering what's going on in there that he's so delayed. And there are the other areas where it's just like the wasted time for things have been taken away uh, because they found ways to do it quicker or to reduce lines. So uh, I hope that stays. Um, nice. But yeah, the connections, uh, I think some people love or hate Zoom and, and the technology we have, but it does connect us. So um, it, it will probably remain a lot um, uh, for us in the future. I mean, look, our, our prayer time that we do with our yeah. men in the church on Tuesdays, no, none of those guys would be able to because they all live in different parts of LA yeah. and it's hard. So it's great to be able to do it and hopefully we'll be able to continue that. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, if we get into our topic today, uh, it's a topic we probably won't address all that much on our uh, podcast, but I thought it was important because we do have a new president and we finally got through this season that was probably unlike any season that we've been through in our lives with an election. Um, And it's uh, a topic that's been on people's minds. And that's why we addressed the vaccine because we thought it was important. And we brought somebody um, uh, very educated um, to help us think through that. Um, no, we didn't bring a politician on in this episode. <laughs> but nonetheless, say, we'll talk about who's, it. <laughs> who's the educated one on this topic? Aye, aye, aye. That's why I'm asking all the questions on this one. So any oh, uh, feedback goes straight to Jason. <laughs> great. But, uh, you know, there are questions to think about, especially as uh, we live as believers in the uh, in the country we live in within the midst of the particular government we have um, yeah. around us and we can't uh, close our eyes and ignore everything going on around us. Um, so we do have to address things. But, you know, just just as a, as a starting question, um, you know, how are you feeling now that we uh, or how are you feeling about this new period we're entering? What are your thoughts now that we come off this long, very uh volatile is probably a good word season of of politics yeah it it feels like it it was a really long four years Hmm. i feel like ever since uh uh, when trump took office that immediately there was this volatility this instability that kind of entered and i'm not blaming him uh uh Maybe, maybe a little. No, I'm not. I'm just, this is not taking any sides in that. I'm just saying yeah. it just felt that way. And as we got closer and closer to this election, uh, man, it was what upheaval. It, it just it was uh, it was challenging. And so, how am I feeling now that we've entered this new phase? Um, in, on one hand, I'm actually optimistic. Hmm. Optimistic in in this sense, I'm optimistic that there will be a level of stability brought back, mm-hmm. um, which I don't want to rely on, but optimistic that Christ's church is going to be refined and grow uh, in maturity through this period. Because what I'm really feeling, there is some angst. I do feel like this current administration um, in many ways in terms of social policies, particularly, are so antagonistic to the Christian worldview that the pressure and the pressing in on Christianity, on religious freedom, etc., it just seems to be coming down hard and fast. Um, yet I'm optimistic because I've seen throughout the history of the church, as we study history and even in the New yeah. Testament, that that there's a refinement that takes place that the fire purifies and that's our goal, right? The rest of this is, is temporary. We're, we're hoping for the eternal things. And so there's an optimism along with the angst of, of realizing persecution, um, pressure, uh, being ostracized. All those things are probably going to increase far more than, than we've dealt with, uh, recently, mm-hmm. but I don't know. What about you? What are you thinking as we've entered this period? 
You know, I was relieved um, to finally have that uh, transition of power occur just with everything that was going on toward the end. <laughs> right. But there is, you know, honestly, I, I have this peace in my heart of the Lord is still on his throne. Amen. The Lord still rules over the nations. Nothing is a surprise to him. Nothing changes without going through the Lord. So there, there's the reality of, of who God is and his character that brings me peace. Yeah. Amen. Sure. You see a lot of the, the things and the beliefs that people have, but they, those don't overrule the Lord and his work and whatever he's doing. And that's right. It's ultimately where our hope should be, right? Not not in this world. But it does bring up a question I've I I thought about over this period of time as we were thinking or as we were talking with people. So we yeah. talk with people, you know, and, and see how they're doing with 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 the results. Some people are just very into politics or very yeah. into the parties and it, it consumes them during this time because it's an a big interest yep but this is the question i've thought about whether you're whatever side you're on yeah um why are we so disappointed when we feel like we've lost or the candidates i should say we voted for lost why are we so disappointed in the results i i mean i think the answer is in some ways simple right we've put our hope in the candidate, hmm. right? And where we put our hope and our treasure is, right? Our heart investment is there. That's where, that's where we, you know, we put um, uh, all of our uh, kind of anxiety and burden. We say, okay, if this guy wins, then we're going to have four more years of peace or, or, or religious freedom or whatever. So our hope was put in this person, this candidate, this election, um, and I don't think it's intentionally, but unwittingly, it's taking our hope away from where it ought to be in Christ and mm-hmm. the Lord. And it's it's putting it uh, on a human being or on a human circumstance. What do you think are some of the other areas of, you know, we're, we're, we, we put our hope in a candidate, but what does that candidate promise us that we're disappointed that or we think we're we think we lost you know it's not not the reality yet of what we may have thought in our mind you know a lot of rhetoric occurs right but but what do we what do we what are those categories that are so important to us yeah i mean i think religious freedom is one that we talk a lot about right Mm -hmm. um i think uh i think freedom of speech which these are all like first amendment issues, right? That, that I think we're, we're terrified that we're losing and look, <laughs> there are some hints, <laughs> you know, there are some hints that we, we might be losing some of these things. Right. Uh, so, f- you know, speech, religious freedom, I think, I think in some cases we're afraid it's going to impact our comfort, mm-hmm. whether it's financially, Oh, they're going to tax us too much. Uh, or it's the fact that we don't like to be persecuted. And so we liked being in the majority and now our Christians becoming, or our genuine believers becoming the minority perhaps, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's comfort that we're afraid we're going to lose. Yeah. Any, are you thinking of other categories too? 
morality. I might have mentioned that, but moral issues that we have, whether it's, you know, all the different topics underneath that. Um, Identity. To wrap Mm. ourselves up with the identity um, of one party or another. Yep. You know, because once you identify and you, you're consumed with that, then nothing else can even exist, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, those are just some, you know, you brought up the other ones uh, I was thinking of too, of uh, the, the losses or the things we're so disappointed in, but they also reveal something about us too. You know, I think that what I noticed this time around was it wasn't it wasn't so much of what the person can offer but the fear of what the other person <laughs> might take away or right. bring about right? right yeah that's that's absolutely true and and again i i don't want to dismiss that as a reality i think there is sure. truth to the to the fact that this current administration is going to be a lot harder on the church, a lot harder on Christians. Uh, I think we're seeing it in, in all of a sudden the fact that, you know, Christian speech is going to be considered hate speech, mm-hmm. you know? And as a pastor, there are times that I'm like, wow, uh, I, I, I better get it all out of my system now. Cause uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to say certain things <laughs> uh, uh, much, you know, I, I was just re- reading even recently. I don't know if you, you saw this, but um and it's not, this one's not a government issue, but a, a big tech issue and focus on the family had one of their tweets uh, well, because of one of their tweets, they were banned or, or whatever they call it. I don't even know what Twitter does to people now, but put them in Twitter prison or something <laughs> all because, all because they, you know, they, uh, they, they tweeted something that was against the, the morality of the majority. Now uh, it was against the idea of being transgender. Um, mm. So, so I don't want to dismiss the idea that, yeah, it, it will be, uh, there is going to be some impact and there probably will be some liberties and freedoms sure. that are potentially going to be taken away. I think that the issue is that we've put way too much emphasis on those freedoms like that, as though those freedoms determine whether we can live out the Christian faith or not. Mm-hmm. And I think history tells us, the history of the church tells us that's just not true. As a matter of fact, the church has flourished under persecution. I'm not asking for it. I don't want <laughs> persecution. You know, uh, please, uh, those that are listening in, if you're, uh, you know, from big tech or the government, don't, that's, I'm not asking for it. Okay. Um, but, but, uh, but we see that the Lord so often does use it to grow us. My hope can't be in politics. My hope's not in Caesar. It's in Christ. Christ is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Um, And and it's hard. It's hard to keep that focus. I hope the pandemic's helping because you can't put your hope in anything. It's not in scientists, not in physicians, not in the government. It's, it's only in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you even think of the new Testament books, you think of first Peter and the context of that, it was a very oppressive. Yeah. Um, government upon the people they were living within the persecution and they were still called to respond and live out their faith in the midst of it Um, because think of it even if even if even if we even if the results were in your favor Mm -hmm. 
what did that lead to? What are we finding that, it, you know, is it, is it just a loss or are we thinking we're, we're gaining something? Right. I mean, there's, there's these things coming out, like, why does it matter? You know, that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Like individually, as we think about it, it, we all have different, maybe emphasis. I like the word you're using uh, the emphasis, but are we sometimes getting sidetracked on what we think we're protecting or even gaining? I'm not oh, yeah. saying these topics are not important or these issues aren't important, but I think sometimes we think we're getting more than we're sold the bill of goods for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great point because there's been no candidate ever um, that has been, well, uh, that has been able to bring about all the things that we want. Right. I mean, there's yeah. no candidate, and especially the United States, there, we're not. Uh, it, it, there's multiple offices. There's three branches of government. You can't just get up there and do what you want. So, with that in mind, there's never been a time, not even during good old Ronald Reagan's time, uh, that that the Christian right got everything that they wanted. Abortion was still legal, for instance, right? Um, there's still trends that were leading toward what we would consider a faulty worldview and immorality. Um, but I was thinking about this, Roger. I don't want to say most church historians, but a lot of church historians would say that when Christianity became the, the religion of the empire in the fourth century with Constantine, that was not good for the church. That was actually bad. And, and I tend to agree with that. I, I tend to be one of those that goes, yeah, I think that was not I get there's some things that were beneficial because now there were, you had the freedom to practice Christianity. You had the, the, the safety and security to not be persecuted under that regime, et cetera. Great. But we lost something too, because we lost that, um, that full abandon, that hope in Christ only that eschatological. If I die, I'm going to be in glory and death was a reality right? For them under persecution, we lost that, which I think strengthens our faith. Yeah. I was even thinking of, you know, during this pandemic, it was the first time, you know, I, I think we, we saw the government telling the church what we can and can't do. Mm, right. And you remember those moments where, you know, in our state or sunny state of California, they told us, <laughs> you can't sing in church and we had to respond. No, sorry. Right. We are going to sing in church. And then we had to respond when they said, you need to just stay closed and outdoors. And we had to make a decision. We're reopening the indoors. We just have, to, we're going to make decisions that go against, yeah. but those we had never had to make in the past yeah. because we always had just kind of this, this very easy, uh, not easy, but, circumstances comfortable. That, yeah, yeah comfortable we didn't have those decisions to make right. and they were good for us to wrestle with and to actually make them yeah. and just trust the lord with whatever ramifications we didn't know you know yep. would they show up would people show up put us on the news blaspheme the church name <laughs> who knows right. what they would do but we just that was a small you know compared to what believers in the new testament were going through yeah. um yeah. And, and that was a good thing to wrestle with. It, mm -hmm. it gave us a different perspective. It, 
I think it strengthened our faith and our resolve to, mm-hmm. to make Jesus known. Um, but I think there was something else there, Roger. I think we, we tried, at least in our church context, that we tried to do it with a sense of humility mm-hmm. and not a rebellious heart. And I'll be honest, one of the things that's most disappointing to me during this period, the disappointment in my brothers and sisters who, you know, one of the things I've noticed even on Facebook this week, the way our, the way the Christian right felt that they were treated for the last four years, they're now turning around and treating the, the mm-hmm. new administration that way. The ridiculing memes, the and, and these are believers that are putting some of these out. Yeah. And and I'll be honest, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I think I put a post something like I said, you know, um, are you know, the question is gonna be, are we gonna respond? Are, are we gonna, you know, the, the Lord says, uh, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you, or you can do unto others as they've done unto you, right? But those mm. are two different things. And there's yeah. only one of those that's a Christian way of doing things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the most disappointing thing over the last four years of of what seemed to shift is this me against you. Mm. And this me against you, that's okay for the secular political realm. Right. But it's infiltrated how believers are treating one another, how believers are treating one another on this topic when we're talking yeah. and this me against you f- forgets that even those you disagree with were created in the image of God right. and all people are worthy of respect and dignity, even when you disagree with them yep. and, and, you know, to continue that uh, is, yeah. it's not, you know, no, that, that is, that is huge because Think about what we as Christians, we're, we're in a very um, challenging situation. The people who are, in a sense, our political opponents, and this is not, obviously, it's not true across the board, but you know, those who we would consider our political opponents are also the very people that we want to reach with the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope we realize, and this is where I think our people struggle with, that the second part is far more important than the first part. Hmm. <laughs> Who cares if they took away all of our rights, if we were able to reach them with the gospel that will bring them eternity? Who cares? And this is the challenge. Now, of course, I'm not saying don't legitimately fight for the rights that will help keep uh, the, the avenues open for the gospel. I'm not saying don't do that. And that's another thing that we're very bad at, right? We don't, we don't like nuance. It's either black or white. We mm-hmm. can't have any kind of balanced perspective. It's always a pendulum swinging way too high one way or the other. But, you know, you could believe both things that, yeah, we ought to fight reasonably for our rights, but at the same time, make sure that far more important is the mission Christ has sent us on. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you as, as a pastor and wanting to lead, lead, uh, believers of, of thinking how, how do you balance the tension of living in in this society that we live in and, and engage I should say engaging with politics you know the balance of should we just forget and not engage at all or should we become fully engaged like like yeah. ha, how do you 
It's it's so here's the challenge for me, Roger. I was a political science major. Um, (laughs) My my email address when I was in college was J G O P M A T. So I I, I was, uh, you know, I wanted to be a young Republican. And uh, so politics was big for me. I love watching elections. I, I, just to me, it's a fascinating. My my major not only was I an American politics major, but my emphasis was on elections. So mm-hmm. I learned campaign managing and all that kind of fun stuff. So that was what I loved um, until I repented. No, um, <laughs> so I I have a real passion and heart for some of those things. But I'll be honest, um, I've as I've matured in Christ, those things have kind of faded away. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think that we should engage in the public sphere. I think that's a, mm-hmm. I think Christians should be, yeah. I think Christians should vote. I think Christians should be a voice. I think we can be a prophetic voice. Um, the, the one thing that I, I think is really hard for us to distinguish is when am I, when am I partisan and when am I acting for mm-hmm. Christ? You know, I, I feel like we, we have this, real struggle that somehow we think that party politics is what Christ Hmm. wants us to pursue. And Christ wants us to declare his glory, his hope, his gospel. And if the rhetoric that we use is closing doors for the gospel, then we better stop the rhetoric. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, uh, if if our politics are becoming the barrier, even in even in the church, of people yeah. feeling welcome because of this divisive nature or this thought of of identity with politicians, and we're losing focus on the gospel, we've totally yeah. missed the mark. Yeah. Or you know, if we're not promoting the gospel more than our politics, our gospel. A proclamation and what we believe should transform how we think about everything else. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, we were talking off the air earlier, uh, Roger, about um, how I am trying to use Facebook these days. Yeah. I, I'm not afraid to post something that has a political connotation. Uh, the other day, um, I posted something about uh, the fact that, you know, if you're, if you are trying to gain unity by shutting down all opposing voices, you know, that's a, that's a problem. Um, And, and obviously it's happening right when big tech is censoring. And so, so people knew kind of what I was alluding to, but I tried to do it in a gentle enough way that would engage some sort of a dialogue. And it sure enough did. And I was able to interact with a couple of people that I would not on a normal basis interact with. And I tried to do so gently, but firmly didn't back down from truth but did so in a way that was inviting uh, communication, dialogue. Uh, I, I think that's the Christ-like way to engage in in uh, politics. You know, they were saying they were very concerned that uh, I can't remember her name now. The the new Supreme Court Justice. Uh, oh, I can't remember her name, but her uh, because she was a Roman Catholic, that yeah. that was going to be more important to her than the Constitution. Um, that, that needs to be true about me. Mm-hmm. Christ and his word and his mission and his gospel is far more important to me <laughs> than the United States Constitution. Uh, now, 
obviously your, your job is to interpret it. I get that. But my point is the gospel is our guide, not the constitution, uh, and not, not, uh, the liberties in this country. So how do we move on and reset from what we've just been through? What would you encourage believers who just feel so discouraged by what occurred, yeah. um, and, and picking up the pieces and moving on from here? I, I think the best way for the church to move on is to engage the community for Christ, get involved in ways that are not necessarily these, these political uh, campaigns, but these service campaigns, get out with the people so that you, I, I think when it's these political things, we dehumanize people, they, they're, they're, they're the other side, they're the opponent. If we go out into the community and try to serve in the name of Christ, whether it's through evangelism or feeding the hungry or, uh, you know, taking care of the poor, the widows, the orphans, uh, the, the ostracized, the marginalized, right. We're at least engaging with, as you said, image bearers. We're, Mm -hmm. we're engaging with people. We're seeing who they are. Uh, there's a face, there's a name. And then I think that'll reignite what our passion needs to be, which is how do we, to, in order to love God, love these neighbors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it just seems to me that that's the that's best good. way forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you, any thoughts from, from you on that? Um, for me, I go back to uh, Proverbs tw- uh, 21 verse one, where it says the King's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. So my encouragement is if, if we say we believe in the sovereignty of God and we say we believe in, in scripture and we take this to heart, are we praying for our leaders, genuinely praying for the salvation of those who are lost, but praying right. that even they would be a tool uh, for righteousness sake, no matter where that That's person right. is today, remembering that people who have created in the image of God are still worthy of, 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 of that respect um, that we should have for all people. And if we view them as our enemies, even more so pray for your enemies. And we're we're called to that and it's going to challenge your, your, your heart, what's going on inside there. And then you wrestle with the sovereignty of God. If he's on his throne, then the fears that we have um, uh, need to be submitted to the Lord and pray for those who are in power because it's not a surprise to him. So Raj, do you think Jonah is a, is a, maybe an example, a story that not, not, that we could look to and go, just look at the hatred he had for Assyria and the Ninevites yeah. and, and how the, his frustration was that they would even turn. He knew uh, but he was so angry at what they had been and what they had done. Uh, I wonder if that, I hadn't thought of it until now, as you were reflecting on that, it just made me think maybe that's something we can explore. How to use Jonah as a, an example of what is, is wrong with our attitudes. And isn't that funny how even God looked at Jonah and provided comfort and withdrew it. And it was just yep. something that makes you laugh at the end where you're like, this guy just can't get over it. And yeah. the Lord just, waiting patiently 
yeah. for him. Thank yeah. the Lord he's patient with us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much. Well, we're coming up to the to the end of our time. Um, you think uh, leaving this episode, of course, we're just kind of touching the topic and not something uh, where uh, experts by any means, just sharing mm-hmm. thoughts as, as people trying to think through um uh, something that we've all gone through and now we're in a new season um, of life uh, within our country um, and to continue to pray uh, for those above us. But as we leave, are there any, any type of resources or books that you might recommend that you've, you've read recently um, that you, you think are helpful? There, there are a couple of books that I would uh, recommend, although I haven't read them cover to cover yet. They're on my reading list. Uh, but uh, there's one that's called How the Nations Rage, mm. Rethinking Faith and Politics in a Divided Age. And that's by Jonathan Lehman uh, out there at Nine Marks uh, Ministries. And then uh, another one is called Politics After Christendom, Political Theology in a Fractured World. And that's by a Westminster professor named David Van Drunen. Um, these seem like interesting resources. I'm, I'm planning to read those and I, you know, I just offer them as possible reading for others that are listening as well. Great. Any last thoughts yeah. uh, for you? Yeah, there was, there was one book I read uh, recently I thought was really helpful uh, by Al Mohler. It was called mm-hmm. The Gathering Storm, mm-hmm. Secularism, Church or Culture and the Church. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a, a great historical sketch and then just talked about kind of where he sees things going that is just helpful in a historical perspective and also yeah. bringing in uh the church and the understanding uh, of that into the conversation so yeah. we hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any feedback or any criticism send them right to jason <laughs> no we'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback or uh topics you'd like us to discuss we'd love to hear from you you can email us um, and subscribe to our podcast and let others know and we hope you'll join us next time if you enjoyed this episode of the rod and staff podcast please subscribe and share with others for more information or to contact the host with questions or comments please send email correspondence to feedback at rodandstaff.org That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.